Hey guys, what are some confidence building examples? You know, that's a really great question. So believe it or not, even if you just did baseline obedience training to a, I'm not saying the highest competition level, but to a reasonable level, like it's in our green to graduates, your dog actually will increase its confidence because you'll start having some wins, the dog will start having some wins. But what are some other examples that are unobedience training that people can do? Um, I actually just put some videos up on our Instagram stories. We do like the little catwalk thing with the dogs. We do like A-frame agility stuff with them. But if you don't have that, just take them out into like the woods or the city, a local playground and like run them through like the playground stuff. Yep. Have them jump over walls or onto logs and think over, under, through basically. Yep. Expose them to things that they probably just haven't done before. Yeah, that's a motto that we have is over, under, through, meaning go over things, go under things, go through things. You can use food. Have them sit in chairs. Yeah, you, can do, you can do food luring if you want to. You can do high value food rewards if you want to. Um, but, and then some dogs will resist at first and just get used to using leash pressure. And a lot of people struggle with that. They're like, but my dog's already afraid and you're making the dog do it. It's like, yeah, but that's the first time. That's the first time, maybe the second time. After that, the dog will always, I'm sure there's some dogs that don't, but it's like always follow through, next. Hey, we're live. How's everybody going? How's everybody doing? Stopping by to give thanks. Continuing education for dog owners and trainers is mandatory and grateful. Awesome. Dogs just stop doing bad shit. It's incredible. And then you get to start training your dog. Yeah! <laughs> hey, everybody. How are you? It's Jeff Gelman of Solid Canine Training and the wonderful, fantastic, stunningly beautiful Joelle. And we're um, in Mykonos, Greece right now. And uh, we're, we're hijacking uh, internet wherever we can go. So we're in a new location right now tonight. So we might have to talk loud. We might have to talk soft. We're not quite sure what is going to go on here. Um, we're actually inside compared to outside for the last couple of podcasts. But this is the What Would Jeff Do show, which is a Q&A show. Mm -hmm. And what happens with the Q&A show is um, you're going to type your question. Joelle is going to, should we get centered more? Which way is centered more? Me going this way. Okay. There we go. Um, it, you'll and then Joel will ask the question. I'll give it an answer. Now, most questions need, you know, an hour answer. I am starting a brand new podcast. Wake the fuck up with Jeff when I get back to Florida, and I'll be doing that live. At, I'm not sure what time in the morning. It won't, won't be very. It won't be when I wake up because no one's up then. Um, it'll probably be at about eight or nine a.m. Um, consistently. I'm not sure how many days a week, but it'll be multiple days a week. And I'm going to do that. And it's going to be a format where I actually answer one or two questions. And I actually will have people that can ask questions live right on the show where I'll do a split screen with them. So it'll look like there's two of us on the show. Um, and I really want to be able to walk people through, um, you know, step by step on how to rehab their dogs, how to train their dogs. And it'll be, everyone will be able to see it. Um, he's cutting his nails. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it sounds like when you put your nails. That's what it sounds yeah, like. yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. So um, you'll hear me talk a lot about the word punishment a lot. 
and punishment can be you can substitute the word correction you can substitute the word anything you want for it but it's not a reward so there's actually a proper way to apply a punisher and it doesn't have to be painful at all i mean people use shaker cans people use water bottles people use you know um we don't use them but people use well, like a high frequency thing i mean like think about that so it's just something that's intolerable to the dog um when, when you have an aggressive dog, most likely I can't answer the question on this podcast because there's just too many variables. There's too many variables between the dog, you, um, the dog's behavior, um, you know, what, what it's going to take. We do about probably about 30 or 40, sometimes 50 different things. Um, uh, uh, to, to rehab these dogs. So it's not just, it's not obedience training itself. It's also teaching good manners, impulse control, confidence building, the actual rehab of the aggression. There's just so many things involved. So all I can do is, you know, start giving people a little bit of um, help on this show. We have a wonderful course that Joel's going to put in right now that I highly suggest everybody get. It's called Green to Graduate. Green to graduate will take your untrained dog that doesn't know any commands and it'll bring it up to a fully off-leash trained dog. So um, it's the same exact same thing if anybody wants to know how we train dogs at this center because there's a lot of misinformation out there. It's like you can do it right at home for $197 and it's incredible. Other trainers actually recommend the course to their own clients um, because they want to do, they want the client to be taking the course and having a trainer at the exact same time. So um, so let's start with the questions. Joelle, let's go. Okay, truck driver dog guy said hi. Just want to be first to comment. And truck driver, truck, first. truck driver dog guy, you were first. So welcome. Yankee woman Kim. Hello, Jeff. I hope that wherever you are today, the weather is good and things will work out for you all. Well, thank you so much. I mean, things always work out for us. Jeff didn't almost, he almost fell off a cliff today and didn't so that's okay so first of all it was scary joelle exaggerates a lot no you literally almost fell off a cliff and i didn't fall off of a cliff at all there was no cliff involved and um it was because i was carrying some of joelle's stuff so she actually i full literally stability. offered i'm like i'll take that he's like no and then proceeds to almost fall off a cliff yeah, i didn't fall off a cliff anyway let's keep moving on Okay, the noble dogs, you guys both look good, you in the tropics. No, actually we're in Mykonos, Greece right now. The tropics, I don't think we can go to the tropics because of their vaccinations uh, rules. No, there's tropics we can still go to. This not, is sort of the tropics in not, the summer. Not the tropics that you want to go to though. Sure, there's a lot of Caribbean islands still open. Which one do you really want to go to though? Turks and Caicos. Which we can't go to next. Carol, my dogs go nuts when they see certain dogs, but can easily get them to stop and sit. But when they, when the dog is long gone, even a five minute sit, they still try and go after it when they're right. Released. So, Thanks. so Carol, I mean, that's a very common protocol that you're doing. A lot of times, people will use they use the sit command as the default stop the bad behavior command, and I understand why because a lot of dogs are really, really good at actually the sit command. Also, can you folks let me know below if you um, if you can hear us okay? Also, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, please like our page, share this show. And you can also jump onto our Instagram channel like that, follow us. Um, so between Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, you really can see like the body of work that we're doing also on Instagram stories. Joelle, you're, you're always putting stuff up there. I just put up a bunch of content. Yeah, so there's some really, really great content um, that we're up there. 
um, what was the exact question? Okay, so as far as the sit, what we do is when your dog is in that sit for even five minutes, your dog is most likely in a physical sit, but not a mental sit. Mm -hmm. So your dog is like sitting, but it's probably like, you know what? As soon as, as, soon as Carol releases me, I'm going nuts. Well, that's what she said. As soon as she releases Right, dog, exactly. And so what I want you to do is instead is learn how to, um, your dog is over aroused. So a correction can actually stop the arousal. Next. Poppy, have a border collie in for training and she's resource guarding her kennel, food, anything yeah. of value. I've tried the out command and she just fights back any suggestions. Yeah, so Poppy, that's really, um, okay, I don't, I don't want to say that's really popular. We've, okay, we just see it all the time because we deal with a lot of resource guarding dogs. So you might be underwhelming your dog. Also, what we do is, let's say your dog is resource guarding the kennel. Keep a long line on the dog, okay? Be safe, please. Um, and what you'll do is if the you'll correct the dog. We like to use the remote collar because it's the most effective. It's hands-free. It's great for safety protocols. You would say no, and you would correct. Now, some dogs do go into defense, which it sounds like your dog is doing. So what you're going to do is actually is you can actually have the dog come out of the kennel, do kennel drills. So out of the kennel, in the kennel, out of the kennel, in the kennel out of the kennel, in the kennel, and down, out of the kennel, in the kennel, and down. And what you need to start doing is, is changing the way the dog looks at the kennel. Um, but you absolutely can correct the dog in the kennel. There's a lot of misinformation out there that says, if you correct the dog in the kennel, it'll already have a bad association with the kennel. Well, light bulb moment for everybody here. Before Poppy got her hands on the dog, before Poppy asked me for advice, the dog already has a negative association with the kennel. So you're not going to make it worse. It already is worse. Next. Brad, hey, guys, what are some confidence-building examples? You know, that's a really great question. So believe it or not, even if you just did baseline obedience training to a, I'm not saying the highest competition level, but to a reasonable level, like it's in our green to graduates, your dog actually will increase its confidence because you'll start having some wins, the dog will start having some wins, but what are some other examples that are unobedience training that people can do? Um, I actually just put some videos up on our Instagram stories. We do like the little catwalk thing with the dogs. We do like A-frame agility stuff with them. But if you don't have that, just take them out into like the woods or the city, a local playground and like run them through like the playground stuff. Yep. Have them jump over walls or onto logs and things over, under, through basically. Yep. Expose them to things that they probably just haven't done before. Yeah, that's a motto that we have is over, under, through, meaning go over things, go under things, go through things. You can use food. Have them sit in chairs. Yeah, you, can do, you can do food luring if you want to. You can do high value food rewards if you want to. Um but, and then some dogs will resist at first and just get used to using leash pressure. And a lot of people struggle with that. They're like, but my dog's already afraid and you're making the dog do it. It's like, yeah, but that's the first time. That's the first time. Maybe the second time. After that, the dog will always, I'm sure there's some dogs that don't, but it's like always follow through. Next. Victoria, I've been using your methods and watching you for a couple of years now, and my dogs have done great. But recently, my dog Chance Pity has started fence fighting with anything, mm. cars going by, people, and sounding ferocious. We put the collar on him. I popped him at 50. He continued. I went up to 100, and he still continued. He yelped, but still continued. What to do? So um, how long did you hold the button down for? Now, this is one of those uncomfortable, not pretty things that you do for fence fighting so you know 
it's really funny how a lot of folks think we train every obedience command like this, and we actually train no obedience command like this. But for fence fighting, when you have a dog that's fighting in a fence, it's self-rewarding. I hope people understand that. They are actually being rewarded by doing it. Like they actually, a lot of them enjoy doing it, or sometimes they feel they have to do it. But either way, how about if we made the act of fence fighting really suck? How about if we made the dog, when the dog doing it, make it suck? And there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of people that will say, um, uh, uh, well, then they're going to have, think the other dog actually corrected them. It's like, but the, the dog's already being aggressive towards the other dog. So it's just a pain in the ass. And sometimes it's just a fun game for dogs. Like dogs actually like doing it. So how long did you hold that button down for at, at 100? So we hold it down for quite a while. Next. The Noble Dogs, what has been a breakthrough or epiphany moment you have had recently in life, business or dog training? Um, so Noble Dogs, this is not our um, armchair therapy um, podcast, but I'll answer that for you. Um, I... I I'm enjoying being able to um, run my business remotely. Joelle has enjoyed probably working remotely. That's great. Um, Joelle and I are getting into investment properties, and Joelle is getting over her commitment issues and actually um, going to do that. Um, um, ah. It's like, oh, my God, I'm actually committed to something. Um, so that's, that's it. Um, life, um, I'm learning how to... Stay busy by being slow. Did that make sense? Slowing down a little bit, but still being busy. Next. Katie, Green New Graduate is amazing. I've gone back to basics on heel, and my GSD is following now. She's also riding a mile alongside my tricycle. Thank you. Nice. I have to work on not shouting. Yeah. Um, so, Haiti, is that Haiti or Haley? Haiti. So, Haiti, yeah, we got some calls from the neighbors, and... Um, They've complained to me about your shouting. Probably that's a good indication you should stop your shouting. But also um, what is great is I ride, if you watch Instagram stories, um, uh, I, I take um, Wes and Tex um, for a bike ride every morning in Florida and every night in Florida. Girl is passed recently, right before we went to Greece. Girl um, got really, really sick. She was almost 12, and I ended up putting her down um, right before we left. And um, But she was riding with us, too. Um, and then she just went downhill, like, within a month, right? Really bad, really bad, where she could barely even walk and breathe, and it was really bad. Next. Uh, Yankee woman said digging is really bad. Could be long nails. So you don't have to shout. Yeah. Oh, yo, Yankee woman, I forgot. You're, you're with, I mean, it's your eyesight. My apologies. My apologies. I should be more considerate. Um, so what I want you to do is um, it's not the long nails. Dogs with short nails dig as well. Um, it's a behavioral issue. So we make digging um, suck for the dog as well just like we do fence fighting. It's the same protocol on a remote collar. And the reason why is because dogs, I'm not against a dog necessarily digging. I'm against a dog destroying my yard. Next. Seization, uh, hi, Dorota here. This will probably come in two comments, too many letters. I assume if I ask how to stop my 14 month old dog biting his leash and going crazy, your base when he sees the dog, 
can't say e-collar. I'm almost there mentally, but could you please reassure me it's okay? Because to me, it's still like he's scared, and here I am making it worse. Right. As far as I can tell, there is little to no loading stage. Okay. So, first of all, there is a loading stage. You're just not recognizing it. But let me ask you this question. Why do you think it's fear-based? Why? Did someone tell you that? Did someone put that label on your dog? And can I just tell you that we have a lot of dogs that go after the leash and a lot of them are confident and they're not afraid. And why, and I don't think biting the leash is a fear-based behavior. Why? So all I can tell you is this, you can't reward the dog out of, you have two options, right? Reward, which gets you more of something and correct, which gets you less of something. You can also use the bonker, no bonk. What you don't use is a leash pop because now you're playing tug of war with the dog. But I want you to just use common sense. First, I also, well, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to stop calling your dog the, the behavior a fear-based behavior. And I want you to just call it a unwanted bad behavior and start with that. Knowing it's an unwanted bad behavior, we have to get rid of the unwanted bad behavior. So if anybody wants the best cappuccinos um, in the world, our, our, so good. Okay, our wonderful hostess who actually is a kindergarten teacher in Athens during the year, and this is her family's business in the summer, and then comes and runs this, helps run this beautiful um, uh, hotel. In, oh my God, that's the windmill behind us. I know. Oh wow. You didn't know that? No. Next. Um, Brad said, awesome, thanks. You're welcome. Um, Victoria, I held it down for a couple of seconds, but now thinking back and past training info you've shared, I probably should have held it down until he stopped. Excuse me, I'm parched. For the fence fighting. Yes, correct. And I understand why you don't do it. See, this is the thing. You know, we all love our dogs. I love my dog. I care about your dog as well. Um, I don't like to see my dog afraid of things. I don't like to see my dog um, uncomfortable. I don't like to see my dog in discomfort. But I also don't like to see my dog getting in the trash, fence fighting, um, counter surfing. Um, I don't like to see, um, you know, Wes, her dog, going after one of my dogs. I don't like to see Wes guarding things. I don't like to see um, um, any of those things. So. Uh, in fact, the other day, um, the other day in the pool, you, I think both of us were throwing balls or was it, you, it doesn't make a difference. A ball was thrown. Tex got the ball. Tex started swimming back towards the, the stairs. Then another ball was thrown. Wes didn't see that ball. All Wes saw was Tex with a ball in his mouth. So what does Wes do? Wes is like, you stole my ball. And Wes has a unwanted past bad behavior that cropped up that day. And Joelle took care of it right after that. And did she enjoy, enjoy doing it? Like 99% of the time, if not more, Joelle was like the most lovey-dovey like person with Wes. But when there's something that's unwanted, she means business. And I like that she can be like that. She does the same thing to me, except for it's not 99% niceness. It's more about a 50-50 thing. And 
It's about right, right? Or would you say 49 nice 51 mean? I think it's 49 nice 51 mean. I think you skew on the meaner side with me. Yeah. On, the, on your dog, you can't, your dog oh can't God. do wrong. Smooches uh, all that. Exactly. So, um, but when it comes to unwanted behaviors, though, you have to stop them. You have to. It just builds a relationship. It just really does. Next. Dean, any advice on how to get my boy XL bully cross pit, 15 month old? I can't take him to parks as he jumps up biting the lead and mouthing a lot. What can I do? Thank you. So Dean, yeah. So the breed of the dog also, I want to also just a great opportunity for me to talk about like the breed of the dog doesn't matter. We've seen every breed of dog bite the leash. We have seen every breed of dog resource guard. We've seen every, like we've seen insert breed of dog, insert bad behavior, and you get what? One million variations, right? So, you know, we, we've seen it, we've seen a lot. So what you need to do is you need to, um, first of all, start with having a baseline heel command around distractions. Now, training the dog in obedience doesn't eliminate the unwanted behavior, which is what we're talking about, but it's gonna give you some leverage. Then what you're gonna do is you're gonna say, for the unwanted behavior, you can say no, and you can do a, you know, um, a remote power stim. You can do a bonker. You can do some sort of correction that's going to um, stop the dog from um, uh, biting the leash. Next, Kelly, my dog has become more and more nervous when I take her places. It's nothing new to her. I've always taken her places. Is there anything I can do other than what I've been doing, not letting people or dogs near her, mm -hmm. down command, and making sure she and I follow through on commands? So, um, how old, Kelly, how old's your dog? Mm -hmm. That I need to know how she old your dog is. She stage. might be going through a fear stage. But, but either way, what you're doing is correct. So, mm -hmm. you know, what a lot of people do is this. They, all, this is a common um, term in uh, dog training. Um, and also, can people make sure I'm talking softly tonight because we're in the we're in a lobby of a very very nice um, uh, in family inn, so I don't want to talk too loud. Um, but and you're not going to hear me swear tonight either, um, which is going to be possibly a first. Um, uh, what a lot of folks will do with uh, uh, dogs that are struggling with certain issues is it's very common to keep them under threshold. But my thing is like. Sure, maybe like at the beginning of training, you keep them under threshold, but by the time you're actually out and about, like how many times when you go to, you know, Joelle is not working dogs actively in Providence. She's actually in Florida. Um, I'm going to be working dogs again though. But we're actually- I'm excited. We're going to be starting a small boarding train mm -hmm. um, and we're going to be documenting all that. Um, but so you'll see dogs like all over the place now. Downtown Sarasota probably will be our big- I can't wait to take them to the beach. A big thing, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about um, eating meals in downtown Sarasota. Um, so uh, um, the biggest thing is by the time they're going outside, though, you need to act, make sure they're actually are capable of working above threshold mm -hmm. or else you can't take your dog anywhere. Next. All right. Let's see. Um... Amanda's asking Amanda, so happy to catch you on live today. My dog had a huge fear of walking over wooden bridges yep, last yep, night. Yep, yep. <laughs> it makes me think of that comment of that guy. It was like, seven months. So, yeah. uh, we'll we took him story. to the local park and walked him over a wooden bridge multiple Excellent. times. It took Good. a few corrections Good to job. stop the scrambling yep, behavior. Yep. But him being able to walk slowly across the bridge is a significant improvement other than the blind improvement than the blind panic he used to be in. So 
Is it okay he is still showing some signs of anxiety yes. and walking slowly over the bridge as long as he is still walking with me in the correct position? Yes. Okay. So who has that? Amanda. Amanda. So Amanda, we do the exact same thing. Okay. And, yeah. there, and we actually made a video on that of a dog. It was a great Pyrenees of a dog going upstairs. Yeah. And the dog showed tremendous fear the first round and then massive um, concern the second and third up and down. And then the dog actually showed confidence by the fourth round. A little bit different situation than yours because we accomplished it in four, but it really doesn't matter because the philosophy is the same. We post that video up and a guy chimes in and he's like, you should slow it down. It's like, and Joel just did a wonderful post on um, like why is slow better other than, you know, you know, love making like who says slow is better except for right before the climax usually speeding up is really the key just a little, a little fyi there oh my okay god so the point being is this is the guy was like i've been where i i worked seven long months to get my dog over the wooden bridge and i'm like so every time you approach the wooden bridge you put your dog into a state of anxiety and fear for seven straight months wow we did it in probably what four repetitions what seven minutes total yeah seven minutes total seven you, months you, seven months keeping your dog in fear. and what, what do you think you did grow your angel wings there buddy it's like no you actually like did the biggest disservice in the world to your dog so you couldn't walk over that bridge for seven months i feel sorry for both of you so yes you're on the right track on the right track next kim missed you guys just got back from getting mri neurological issue in uh, the neck area and he is only four so i can no longer use any collar uh, can you recommend a harness that will give me control i can't what I would do is I would remote collar train the dog. And I understand that you're not the, the biggest, they really should define about this like collar. collar. You can't have any pulling of the collar. So if you wanted to put a beautiful diamond encrusted necklace on the dog, would they say no? It's like, they probably wouldn't say no. It's the pulling, but a remote collar, which no leash is attached to, doesn't pull so i would get the dog remote collar trained um but we, i unfortunately since we don't use harnesses i really can't recommend one that i know of next um let's see russ and deanna oh it's deanna my kids are so adorable after our one-on-one -on -one. jeff talks to me <laughs> they were so excited it was great for them to hear what you were saying as well and that you were working to help us it gave my 12 year old hope as well yeah so deanna was great doing a little one-on-one -on -one. so if people aren't familiar um, the, actually I do a lot of one-on-ones, um, it, in Europe, in Greece specifically, it's been a little bit challenging for my schedule. So I sort of like semi postpone them until I get back in Florida. But, um, uh, I did a one-on-one -on -one with Deanna. She's also joining our inner circle, which is a great segue into, why don't you, I think there's one spot left. Wow. We only have one. Yeah. Cause wow. someone bought one at the last show. So explain what the inner circle is, how powerful it is and all that other stuff. So the inner circle is our group coaching with me and Jeff. It runs for four weeks. So it starts September 6th and then it runs every week sequentially until end of September. We meet once a week for mm, anywhere from one and a half to two hours. The group, I think we're limiting it at what? Six. Mm -hmm. We're capping it at six mm -hmm. people. And there's no like set curriculum. We base it on whatever you're struggling with. So if you're like, oh, my dog is leash reactive or in Deanna's case, her dog is aggressive. Like 
we will help you troubleshoot whatever your individual needs are. That's why we keep this class so small because there would be not enough time if we had like tons of people in there. It's sort of like invitation only. Um, we don't even keep the link really public because we want to make sure we're inviting the right people into the group. Um, it's for people who have some experience with our courses, they're very familiar with what we do. They've either done, either done the leash reactivity or the green to graduate course, or their dog is already remote collar trained because we don't wanna start really from scratch. This is more in depth troubleshooting. So this is for people who are already in the motions, they're putting the work in, their dog is somewhat trained, but they're running into some speed bumps um, and we can help you with that. You submit videos, we give you homework. Jeff and I literally will make videos. So we let's say we meet on a Tuesday. Between this Tuesday and next Tuesday, we're filming videos. We're putting it in a group uh, folder for everybody to watch. So mm -hmm. you can do your homework between meetings. And we check in. We make sure you're making progress. So it's very hands-on. Um, and it's a really it's – it's one of my favorite things that we do. We just started doing it. Um, and yeah, you'll learn a lot. Yeah. So if you're interested in joining the inner circle, email Jeff, Jeff at yeah. solidcaninetraining.com. Yeah. I think we only have one spot left. Yeah, it's intensive coaching is what it is. Yeah. And it's also very, very interactive. And it's not cookie cutter at all. It's like literally very interactive. Next. Let's see. Sawblade Entertainment said, hi, guys. Hope it's going well. Yeah, I hope, you do. I hope things are good with you. Yankee Woman said, good job, Jeff. No cursing. Of course, Kim, you would say that. So it's funny. Here's a funny story for you. I'm in Las Vegas. Um, uh, the only time I really swear a lot is on this podcast and at my seminars. And a woman, most of the people that go to my seminars, and you go to, go to Jeff Gelman's seminars, we just announced. The guy's like burning out out there. Uh, they just announced Austin. We just announced the Austin, yes. Texas seminar. So we're only doing about a dozen seminars total. We have something called a mastermind coming up. And um, that we have the link to. Yes, That's let's get the link to that. JeffGelmanSeminars.com. And that's for anybody. If you're a dog owner, a dog trainer, um, and you just either want to learn more or grow your business, our mastermind covers everything. We'll show you how to work dogs. We'll, we go deep into our whole e-collar philosophy start to finish. Um, we're doing it in Providence, so we'll have dogs with massive behavioral issues. You'll see how we troubleshoot that. And then we also dive deep into social media, personal development, business development. We'll help you um, expand in pretty much every every category of your business. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good one. So in – thank you. And it's way. live in person seven days. Hands-on. It's not virtual. It's yes. every single day you're working with us hands-on. Yes. But virtually, speaking of virtually, we just did a leash reactivity seminar, and Joelle will be, I'll be put, turning that into a course. We're turning that into a course, and you'll be putting the the presale link up probably before probably by the end of this by month. the end of August. Yeah, by the end of August. Yeah, um, everybody's always wanted our seminars, you know, videotaped and put up. You know, that's a lot of labor. Um, so we did a one day leash reactivity seminar, and Joelle's probably going to be five up. or six hours of content. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be long. Yeah. But going back to the story, I was in Las Vegas at a problem-solving seminar, and um, a woman put a, a tip jar out. Oh, yeah. She put a tip jar out. And I said to her, what are you doing? She's like, every time you swear, you have to put money in the tip jar. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? And she's like, that's a dollar, Jeff. So I said, okay, fine. I'm not going to swear at all. So two hours later... She like during a break, 
she like took the tip jar and put it back in her backpack. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I changed my mind. I like it better when you swear. <laughs> yep. Next. Brad, my dog used to be highly reactive to other dogs. I've corrected her and stopped the majority of the blowouts. Awesome. Calm awesome. approaching dogs. She will glance and then ignore. Mm. Higher energy dogs mm. showing interest make her break the heel slightly yeah. and moving behind me and away from the dog. Oh, that's good. She'll watch it from the corner of her eye. That's good. I'd like her to completely ignore the dog. Is this too much to ask if the other dog is misbehaving towards her using e-collar corrections? So that's a really, really great – first of all, Brad, I'm glad. So this is what's great about Brad, about like this, this whole thing. Think about this. Your dog used to explode. Now, going past easy dogs, your dog has no problem, which is typical, by the way. But when the dog is going by, dogs are out of control. Guess what your dog's doing? really relaxing there. It's nice. Well, my neck hurts a lot. I no, don't know why. I'm, I'm saying it's great. And it hurts to sit up like this. No, so. it's, it's fine. Like, hey. <laughs> no, I'm hey just guys. trying to take a break. So that's fine. I don't, it was all in, in jest. Okay. Stop. Oh, shit. Um, so all I can say is that now your dog is going, you know what? I'm going to choose to actually move away from that thing that I used to lunge towards. So let it, let it play out. Just let it play out. Next. Yankee woman. Now that our daughter has a dog living here for a little bit, your sessions are amazing. Very informative. And I appreciate all that you state. Thank you. Thank you. Laura, I want to adopt a retired military or police dog. I've always had rescues. Do you know if you have a special training and learn the commands? Wait. Do you know if you have to have special training and learn the commands so you can continue their job? They will be happier. My son is in the military and my father, I am fascinated by the shepherds and mouths. Okay. So, Laura, first of all, thank you for your relatives for their service. But a retired military dog is still a highly trained killing machine. Unless it was a single purpose odor detection dog. They just did explosive detections, but I would be, I would possibly advise you not to, and those dogs probably should go to retired military handlers instead of just the general public. I would, I, as much as you want to help, and that doesn't mean it can't work, but there's a whole different, there's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. Next. Kim said, haha, oh my God. Probably too not smart. Oh, next. Um, Kim said, fair enough. Thank you. You're welcome. Kathy B, just saying hi. Oh, hey, Kathy B. Brad is laughing. Okay. Amanda, Louie was also able to ignore a dog barking at him the other day, which is a huge trigger for him. His ears did perk up a bit and he looked, but he maintained the heel position. Awesome. We still have some work to do, but he is such a different dog in a great way in a great day since I've started to follow you. Thank you. In a great way. Great, great way, right? So what you can actually start doing, Amanda, is you can actually start correcting that ear perk up. And a lot of times, a lot of people will be like, well, don't you want the dog to pay some attention? And I'm like, but there's a difference between, like, if your dog was an easy, happy-go-lucky dog that had no behavioral problems, it's like, sure, maybe, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a dog that, that has some known unwanted behaviors that you've done a really great job of rehabbing. And um, what we want you to do is not 
have the dog, you know, even think about exploding. Are you getting the lip chap out? Yeah. Good. Thank you. Um, Why do you need to Yes, I do. Our lips are so sunburned. So smoked. Today. I don't know if they're sunburned. They're Mine just, are burned. They're just. Mine are burned. Oh, they're just moist. Burned. Yes. Um, so uh, what I would do is I would. Um, thank you. My God, that might be the closest I've ever come to kissing you. It's like sharing. Yeah, my uh, my coloring is on there. Oh, really? Now it's going to transfer to your lips. Oh, look at that. Next. <sighs> Richard, hi, Jeff. It's been a while. Good to see you helping dog owners. Oh, yeah. Hey, Richard, how are you? Yep, still out here. Just, you know, probably the same as you, right? Um, still doing this. I think I've been podcasting. Well, I had the radio show for between the radio show and podcasting for about 13 years, nonstop. Nonstop. You know, and wherever I am, like right now, you know, even even think about this. We're staying in Mykonos, Greece. We don't even have enough Wi-Fi to in our room to actually download email. It's so bad. Okay. And we found powerful enough email to do a live stream. Did I say Wi yeah, Wi-Fi to do a lot? Wow, a bunch of people are just checking in at now. once. Yeah. So it looks like there's three separate parties checking in to the inn. Take on see what see what's going on around us. Here you can Wow, you did a lot of good thing. You want to see the sunset? That's sunset. Can I see it? Oh, they can. Mm -hmm. That's a nice view. That's my my head's like in the corner. <laughs> yeah. The first time we did the podcast here, the first time we did the pod, the first time we did the podcast here, um, uh, Joelle was like looking off into the distance. Oh, that was in Athens because we had the, oh, the Acropolis yes. right out our window. It was the Acropolis. And I kept staring at the yes. Acropolis. So it's like, not every day you see that. So I'm like, 12, 12, like, like, like trying know. to hit the bottom of her leg because she's like, I'm like, we're doing a live, we're doing a live show here. It's the Acropolis. So in, um, in Athens, our room, imagine we were up on the fifth floor, right? Because we had to climb those five floors a lot. So we're up on the fifth floor of a, of a, of an apartment complex and we had a huge balcony and on the balcony, actually from, from the actual room, the Acropolis is right there. Pretty freaking cool. It's right there. Actually, hold on. Why don't you talk about something? You, it's like it's not every day you see the Parthenon outside your freaking window, like all lit up. It was the coolest. That's why I booked the Airbnb. If you guys travel, please, please, please do Airbnb. Or find like a small local hotel like this one because you get such a better experience when you stay where like the locals stay. Saying, I do a lot of research before I travel. Um, okay, let's plus see. we have kitchens too. Yeah, I need a kitchen. I like to cook my own food. All those uh, all-inclusive places where you have to eat their food all week. You go home not feeling good. You need another vacation from the vacation. All right, let's see. Carol says two dogs. One feeds off the other. Should I be correcting the instigator or the follower? Mostly dogs, bikes, trucks on walks. Well, I'm just looking for the Acropolis photo. I can't find it. It's okay. You can post it later or I'll look you for scroll it. Through it. So what I would do is I would probably start working them separately. Start with the instigator first and get that dog to make sure it's got a really good heel. And then what I would do is um, work the second one. Okay, here we go. Work the second one and 
theoretically, you need to correct the one that exploded. You need to correct the one that exploded. But can they see it? Yeah, that's the Acropolis. That's a view from our room. It's pretty cool. That's a view from our room. Yeah. Okay. But you would know that if you found us on Instagram stories. Right. Mutt. Good recommendation for the service dogs, Jeff. My brother raises Malinois pups and they're still on for the general public. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get a dog back from um oh oh, oh um Yankee you, woman. Yankee woman, you are out of control tonight. Jeff with smooth, luscious lips. Yes. They are. They're pretty smooth looking. Yes. Um, when you know you get a working dog back, they're intense. They're intense. Next. All right, let's see. Hades is gorgeous sunset. Oh, you the, the sun sunsets here are amazing because there's always like a slight haze over the sun, so you can actually look at it without burning your retinas out. It turns into like this orange fireball. Yeah, it's pretty it's, cool. It's beautiful. Brad said, Jeff and Joel, thank you so much for doing these videos and podcasts, talking about corrections and things other trainers won't touch. Going to schedule a one-on-one -on -one soon. Cheers from Canada. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, I mean, what I've been talking about for the last, let's see, 20 years I've been talking about it, but you know, on the radio and on the podcast, 13 years, but tw even 20 years ago, I was talking about corrections and I've been getting a lot of, you know, a lot of people that still, they don't, you know, they'll obviously don't agree with it and they'll put it in, you know, they'll, they'll throw hate my way. And, and I don't, I don't really mind. I'm, I'm, I'm past the point of actually giving a shit what people think um, because I know what it takes to actually get a dog to want to do something and to not want to do something. Um, and um, I wish that a dog would not want to do something because it was being rewarded for doing something other, but it just doesn't work that way. You're going to train, you can train a dog 20 different commands, but if you haven't eliminated that one command that it doesn't want to do, it's still going to do it. Like you can teach me five different languages. I'm still going to teach, still going to speak English or know English. I'm not going to forget English. Um, so you can teach uh, the best example is, you know, don't, don't correct a dog for jumping just teach it to want to sit all the time. I'm like, well, I don't disagree with wanting to teach it to sit, but you still have to stop the dog from, from jumping. So I will always speak the truth. I will always speak the truth. Next. Veronica, we haven't used place a lot lately. I'm struggling with a 10 month old Dane. If I leave the room, she thinks it no longer applies. Do I have to take her back to kindergarten with the e-collar where I can see her? The mm. problem is if I'm in the room, she doesn't pull that. Of course not because you're in the room. So I'm sitting in front of her now. She's totally chill sleeping. The problem is when I'm out of sight. Right. So what you do is in the green to graduate, we show you how to do that. What you're going to start doing is stand up, see what the dog does. If the dog and even, use tie backs. Yep. The dog and use a tie back. Tie back is the leash is tied to something. And so you stand up and if the dog changes its demeanor, you can actually correct that. Start walking towards the exit. If the dog changes its demeanor, you can correct that. Like slightly go around the, the, like the door or the room, so out of sight, um, correct that. You can actually set up video cameras, yep. in, which is That's what we do. we do. So, so there's all kinds of ways to actually get a dog to hold command and not care. Now, some people will be like, you know what? I didn't have to do that. I put my dog in place and leave the room and my dog stays there. That's great. That's wonderful. 
We are not seeing those dogs though. We're seeing the dogs that, that push the limits. That, that push the limits constantly. And we have people on our podcast and on our social media that obviously are struggling too. And that brings up a really good point. I think when we put up our social media, you'll always get somebody that says, well, with my dog, I didn't have to do that. And I'm like, that's great. That's fantastic. One dog. But that's like your dog. Do you think your personal dog is an indicator of the million, the tens or hundreds of millions of dogs out there? Mm. It's not. It's not. And that's what it, people have to really start understanding is like, that's fine. But that's your dog. How about all the other dogs out there? Next. Sawblade Entertainment. I want a high-end working dog, a dog that I can constantly see what else we can push to do and then be into it. I like bike I like bite work, but don't plan to do it alone since it's higher drive than I've owned. So, you know, what you can start doing is start snooping around, you know, sport dog people, working dog people. Yeah. It's not that's not my um that's not my realm. Um, um, but you know, definitely, you know, you get yourself a Malinois. Dutch Shepherd, a high drive German Shepherd, but also there's there's a lot of you know drivey labs that you can do um, hunt work with. Mm -hmm. You can do field work with. You can do hunt work with. Next. Let's see. Oh. Jace, I brought my reactive GSD Husky mix to your mastermind in Florida, and we're getting way better. But now he screams and won't stop once he's past threshold. Correcting it only leads to more screaming right. thoughts. That is a very vocal dog. That's that, that that's a husky for you. Yeah, that's a husky for you. So, what what kind of um, suggestions do you have for, for Chase? Huskies can be rough, man. Yeah, huskies can be hard. What I would do is have I, you tried a dominant dog collar yet? Yeah, that's what I would. Yeah. Or slip lead instead of the prong because I remember I think the prong ramped him up. Yeah. I think so too. I would try a dominant dog collar. Yeah. And I remember he was so sensitive. So you have to be like really nuanced with your levels on that dog. Yeah. 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 But I would also start possibly correcting earlier. Yeah. But you're right. When that dog's above threshold, it's just like a screaming match. Mm -hmm. Next. Veronica said, thank you. Tiebacks haven't done that. Yes, I have green to graduate. Yeah, tiebacks are work wonders. Some people see dogs on tiebacks and they're like, oh, they only stay there because of the tiebacks. And we're like, no. The tiebacks are there as part of the training protocol. Tiebacks disappear. Next. Terry, two GSDs now. Avoid our two cats. Recently, 10-week fearless friendly kitten shows up. Oh, no one geez. has claimed. I put our two German Shepherds in a double down. They're like typing in code. This kitten jumps in the middle of them. <laughs> After a startle, both put heads down, but beyond tense, focusing sideways, sure. barely breathing. I'm fearful to out them due to the possible reactions. All the while, a kitten is trying to cuddle. I remove the kitten. Do I correct the dog's tension and focus? Oh, jeez, Terry, that's a really rough one there. Mm. Your dogs did so well. I, you know, uh, you you don't want to. You like what? What do we do here? Like, what do we do here? Do we do we correct the kitten for doing that? Do we want the the cat to be friendly with the German Shepherds? Do we want the German Shepherds to learn how to accept the cats? Well, it sounds like they have the of the two German Shepherds in avoidance with their two cats. But right. the new kitten. So I would. That's a. I mean, we have to, to create boundaries with that kitten. We, we have to. We have to think about what do we want the end goal to be, and the ten-week-old kitten doesn't know that it's like potential like that, yeah, that, the that, potential dangers of that's it. that's like that's an hors d'oeuvre right there we're talking about. That's not even a meal. That's just an hors d'oeuvre. So. 
Like, what do we what do we do? I think what I would do is I probably would remove the cat, the kitten. Next. Veronica, haha, I'm an expert. I did it once with one dog. Gotta love those people. Yeah, we, we see that a lot. A lot. We we will see the internet's filled with them. We will see that that whole philosophy a lot. Or, you know, I heard. It's like you heard, like, but have you ever done? This one time. But have you done? And or I've done. I'm like, you did it? Okay, well, you did it with whose dog? Or your personal dog? Oh. And, and did you, you do it properly? And have you ever done it with another dog? And then you get some people that will be saying, you know, well, the way you're doing it is wrong. And it's like, but it keeps working after 20 years. For some weird reason, everything we've been doing for 20 years is wrong. Like, I, I'm, it just, it's just, it's just, it's just funny how that works. It's just funny how that works. So, but that's all part of the internet. That's just all part of it. Next. Deanna, I mentioned I use e-collar on a post and this lady, Karen, freaked out begged me to throw it away and said her dogs do what she asks with positive reinforcement. I told her, I pray she is never faced with a dog that attacks her or a loved one. You can't correct a bite with petting or food. Shake my hand. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny how people like that you don't know, that don't know you, that don't know your dog. And Indiana currently right now has a dog that definitely is goes after, a, family members. Goes after family members. And it's a 120 pound dog. And, you know, it's like, Okay, Karen, um, take this 120-pound dog to your house, and I'd like to know when it goes after one of your family members, what do you do? And that's a question that I often ask people on my page. And, you know, I will ask a simple question, like if they'll say something I'm doing is wrong. And I'll say, you know, that's fine if you think I'm doing it's wrong, but let me ask you this basic question. Like, if you have a dog that goes after somebody, say you've got a dog that's eating out of a food bowl and you walk by the food bowl and the dog attacks you, can you tell me um, step by step how to fix that immediately? Like right now, like I need to know, like it has to be done today in the moment right now, you know, um, because it's it's a danger, it's a risk. And you'll usually get them, to, they'll, they'll usually like not answer the question at all and they'll just be like, more general things like, well, you do you just lots of hard work. Yeah. And I'm like, what does that mean though? What does like, what does lots of hard work mean? So what it means is that they're clueless, they're clueless. So when someone begs you that you don't even know, begs you to throw that out. It's like, really? Weird. Like you don't know anything about me. You don't know anything about my dog. You don't know anything about my family at all. And are you going to pay for the medical bills? Are you going to pay for the potential euthanization bills? Are you going to pay for my, for, for like, if I have to hire a lawyer um, to fight the city so the city doesn't put my dog down? I mean, are you going to do all that? Or are you just going to open up your yap trap, your pie hole, and just tell me what to do? And I don't even know who you are. Next. Jack, my pit mix occasionally breaks out of her crate when I'm at work. She isn't fixed. And I was wondering if that, if that would help with that. There is no connection with, um, says she with there's no connection with your dog's reproductive system and breaking out of crates if there was that would be probably an irrational solution for crate breakers but all i can tell you is this considering that 99 percent of the dogs that come into us have been fixed we have lots of dogs to try to break out of crates and and we fix it through training and behavior modification and not once have we had to sterilize a dog. 
to fix an unwanted behavior, any unwanted behavior, by the way, other than pro procreation, if you don't want that. Next. Jay said, I haven't tried that, so I will. Nice. Haiti, I'm not familiar with the dominant dog collar. Please explain. So the best thing to do is to go into Learburg, L-E-E-R-B-U-R-G.com or RayAllen.com and look up dominant dog collar. I believe they also have videos as well. Next. Sawblade Entertainment. All my dogs were pretty easy, so it makes me nervous about trying to be a dog trainer. Still looking for people struggling that will let me practice the methods on a dog in need. So Sawblade, you know, this is the thing. There's so many people out there that have also have easier dogs that are struggling. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, you know, you've got people, I don't know if you live in a suburb of the country or not, but let's assume you, I hate to make assumptions, but let's say you live in a city or a suburb. There are people within a quarter mile of you that probably would love to have you work with their dogs with your current skill set. Even people here with these little dogs getting dragged down the street. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. So I would say you can always say this dog's above my skill set. Next. Matt, ACD sometimes won't respond to the pop of a collar when distracted by a car mm, or a mm, person passing by. Mm, mm. At what point do I increase the strength of the pop? Matt. Um it's funny, Matt, because everybody in my family plays the piano. Everybody. Pianist. Everybody. My sister used to. Why don't you? Um, that's a good question. Um, my father actually is really, really good. My sister used to actually compete. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, she used to. Yeah, she took her she music classes. Oh, yeah. We had, we had, a, we had a grand piano. Um, back in Ohio. Fancy. Yeah. And in and, and the California house, um, is that a baby grand or a grand? I think that might be a baby. I think that might be a baby grand. Um, 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 so it's incredible. I mean, they are, my father does now, it's really funny. He does, um, he still takes online classes and he's really, really good. Um, so I think, but you answered your own question, Matt, it's like, at what point do I increase the strength of the pop? Well, what you're doing right now is not working, mm -hmm. but also, are you using a, uh, oh, no, you're using a prong car. So, and also it's the timing. When your dog is in the loading phase, the dog loading, which is the, the look the dog gets that I want to do something incorrect, you know, that look that they get, mm -hmm. it's like that's when you would say no and then you would correct. So that's, that's a good time. So it could be just the timing of it. But when what you're doing currently is not, is not, working um then it's you know it's time to actually change things up i think that's really really important that's all right now that's all the questions we have five minutes left anyway hmm. so what do you want to what do you want to tell people about um well i want to apologize for our lack of volume of content because it's been really hard to oh on um here. on our social media page trying to get at least one post up a day yeah. It's been it's been very very challenging. Yeah, I'm um, trying my best. And I think what's going to happen is when we get back to Florida, there's going to be um, you're welcome, Matt. There's going to be um, an influx. There's going not only an influx, but there's we're, we've got a new podcast. I've got a new podcast. I don't think Joelle's going to be involved. No. You don't want to be involved in that. No. You've got other things to do. I'm I'll very probably, busy. I'll actually probably do it while you're in the gym. That's fine. Yeah, because I'm going to be grinding out that course. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, then I have a board and train booked. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, you do. So I'll be booking Joelle's boarding trains for her. So um, it'll be good. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I'll probably do I'll probably do the show when I start Angelo on his homework because he's starting a whole new homework. I, I, I homeschool Angelo and he's starting a whole new um, curriculum this oh, year. Hold on, we got some questions. Uh, Tomoko, I started fostering a rat terrier which has a bite issues from mm. fear. I do basic obedience training three times a day and he's getting it very well at home but still very fearful and leash reactive mm. outside of the house. I asked the rescue, I'll pay training fee, and I want to try e-collar. Then rescue set up positive reinforcement training. Which can't fix your problem, Since they the said way. they'll pay, I'll try how much this trainer can help. But is there any confusion to the dog with this? Well, there's no confusion to the dog with this other than frustration of you. Because it is impossible to stop. Like So it's, it's, it's interesting how they're putting parameters on the style of training. So it's not a funding issue, obviously. How about if this? How about if you're like, I found a trainer that will do it for free, mm. right? I found then a trainer that will do methods. it for free. Well, it's, it's the methods anyway. It's the ideology. So what I would say to them is, first of all, does the rescue understand what positive reinforcement means? Do they actually understand it? Like, because that's a catchphrase, and, and we use positive reinforcement training too. Like we, like you're using we it now. Do. Like you're using it now to obedience train your dog. That's why. That's how far you've gotten. But you can't use it to stop an unwanted behavior. It just it can't be done. And any trainer worth their salt should admit it too. So before you even start working with this trainer, I would say, can you please explain to me step by step how you're going to stop, stop, not manage, stop, eliminate this behavioral issue. And they should be able to tell you step by step how to do it. Not, not beat around the bush. Not beat around the bush. All right. Next. Uh, Veronica said, oh, she just got up and moved to her bed right next to the placemat. I need to get her up and move her, don't I? Um, if the dog was in if place. Was in yes. Hand. Yes, you do. Oops, I just skipped a few. Sorry. Matt said, thanks. You're Haiti welcome. said, love you both. Love you too. MSA said, hey, how's it going? Fantastic. Sawblade Entertainment said, no biggie on the content. So great you're doing the podcasts. Good. Thank Matt, you. nice to see you guys and listening to the wisdom. Have not caught you in a while, but today, oh, well. there you were. Oh, Matt. Well, there you are. Next. Thanks. Here we are. MSA, what do you do with the dog that keeps choking on treats during training? Oh. Oh. Those are the worst. Almost every time I give a treat, he just makes a choking noise. Is that health related? Can you relate? Um, yeah, it's called they inhale it so freaking yes. fast. And then you can't get clean reps in because they're like <clears throat> the whole time. Yes. So what I do, I withhold food until I say break. Yeah. You only get rewarded on the break. On the break. Because if you do every rep, you'll never get anything done. But possibly make them smaller too. I don't know. I know. Some dogs just inhale right, that kibble. Right, right, right. So I throw it on the ground. I make them eat it like chicken. Forage for it. Yeah. Forage for it. Next. Um, Yankee woman, what is the difference between e-collar and a remote collar? Nothing. Or or a shock it's collar. Just or a shock word. collar. Everyone's like, no, there's a big, this is the big, this is the big um, ego conversation in our industry. No, shock collars are different than remote collars. It's like, no, they're all the same. They're, they're all the same. It's just like, like guys, like, like we all know that shock cowers aren't shocking dogs. Remote cowers aren't shocking dogs. It's like, like you can use the word shock cower. It's not a bad word. Like these are not bad words, but everybody's, everybody's like, 
the, what do they call that? The word police or something? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. It's like everybody's so wor worried about like offending somebody, which is like not, this is not just about dog training, it's just about everything. It's like, you know, it's like using the wrong pronoun. It's just like, guys, it's like, it's like, just call it what you want. Call it what you want. It's a, it's like, oh, they use shock cowers. You shouldn't use them. You should use someone that uses remote cowers. Fine. I use remote cowers. <laughs> And then everybody's like, but we only use them on low levels because they want to be the nice remote cower trainers instead of the mean ones like Jeff is. And I'm like, we need context, please. Don't tell me you're stopping um, fence fighting on low levels. Like, I think we already had that conversation in the beginning of the show. And what defines a low? Like some dogs literally at like a 25, they're like, I don't care. Or right. a 50, they don't care. Right. So what's a low level? And there's some dogs that we wish we had 300 on. It's like Okay. But you get yourself a high drive mal. It's like a hundred. They laugh at. What's they literally laugh at. Next. All right. Let's see. Deanna said, "For duration, you have to catch it instantly. Use your no and correct. She should go right back into her last known command." Jeff has taught me I need to correct with every no. Yeah, the the timing of the no is what's important. Yes, definitely. The, the correction can actually be, you know, off a little bit. It's but it's really not off. But you have some time to correct. But it's the no. This is no. But anyway, guys, it's um, it's time for the show um, um, to end, and we miss you and we love you, and um, I can't wait to we'll do we'll try to do one more show while we're in Greece. We'll yeah. try um, if they actually want us here again in this building because we're. I don't know. I mean, we saw the owner tonight, and she said it was no problem. Yeah, but that's the that's actually the owner right there. That's the owner's. Um, oh, grandma. The um, grandma went to bed already. That's what I'm talking about. Grandma. That's, that's the. the, the okay. Um, yeah, with the beer. Yeah. Yeah. Grandma went to bed. Grandma she was. She's funny because she was speaking to us. Um, like when I came in here first to check things out, she said, like, she's speaking to us, speaking to us, speaking to us, but in Greek. And, um, and then our wonderful um, waitress comes over. She's like, yeah, she talks to everybody in Greek like they understand her. And, and it's like, yeah, I know. I was like nodding my head and like no. I was talking back to her in English and she was nodding her I head. I did this. Yes. So, so we see her. I see, I see her every morning. I didn't realize yeah, I didn't she realize. was the grandma. I love grandma. The matriarch. Yeah, she is. She's the matriarch. She's the matriarch. Of, of this inn. Yeah. So. All right, all right. It's hot in here tonight. Right, all right, God. Yeah. I've yet to be hot here. It's very windy here. I'm cold a lot of the time. It's weird here. Like you're baking in the sun, but then like you sit up and it's like. So can we just? <laughs> you're only hot when you're like. Can we just hold on to that phrase? You're, you're cold a lot of the time, so that means you don't have to turn the AC down so low. No, at, at night? night I'm hot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Baby, baby, you're hot all the time. It's like when you're laying at the beach perfectly flat, you're like, oh, my God, I'm roasting. And then you sit up and the wind hits you. You're like, I'm not hot anymore. I'm actually freezing. Yeah, we, we went to a really cool beach today. Where we this actually, is the coolest beach. So we actually, um, there's like all these rocks, like all these rock the ledges. The whole beach is surrounded by like rocks. So we actually set up our blankets on rocks. And that's where Jeff almost fell. To his death. I didn't almost fall. <laughs> my life flashed before it's, my eyes. <laughs> I'm like, oh my if God. If you've been watching this. I'm like, what am I going to do? Guys, Jeff actually needs emergency services. You, Who am I going to call? If, if you if watch What's 911 in Greece? Okay. Is it like another number? Is it? 100? <laughs> That's not Greece. <laughs> like, it's like, 
if you've followed us long enough, you'll know Joel makes the, the biggest deal out of the smallest things. Show everyone your leg. He has a big cut on his leg now. Okay, but to me, like, okay, I used to, I, I used cry. to, so I used to backpack in the middle of winter in sub sub freezing weather, <laughs> and I would see cougar tracks. He I fell. said I used to, I used to backpack by myself where I would see bear. You tried jumping over I the said, ledge. And I, used just to, like, I used to compete in triathlons and shit my pants and pee myself. And I like, I don't like getting get into accidents. Straight. And it's like, I've had my share of, I've had this stupid road burn scar on my leg for like forever now. And, I she, hate and scars. she constantly looks at it and oh, like makes a big deal out of it. Hate yeah. scars. She's what you call a dramatic, I have so many scars. She's a dramatic injurer. I bruise like a peach, but she has no problem. Like hitting me. Mm. you know so well, you don't care you freaking fell off a cliff today so is that why you can crack me in the ribs <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right guys take uh, care we love, you. we love you